Welcome to a new episode of the Soccer and Fitness Podcast created by me, your host of the show, Sean Spencer. Today is episode 54 and we're going to be talking about Manchester City. Um, and it's going to be Manchester City at the start of the the Man City that you know of today. Um, but before we go into that, uh, if you haven't checked it out, episode 53 and 52 were sort of the comeback episodes that I did. I recently moved from Houston to, to Seattle, had a little bit of a break, and then came back on episode 52 um, and then done two episodes since then. The last episode was on May the 4th. Today is Saturday, May the 14th. Saturday, May the 14th. Um, and it's been it's been a good day. It's been a good day for me because Liverpool played Chelsea in the FA Cup final. Went to penalties. Um, not the not the greatest game that I've ever seen, but Liverpool won. Um, and those that are familiar with the podcast know that I'm a Liverpool fan. So yeah, that was a good start to the day. Um, time difference being on the West Coast in, in America meant that was early this morning. It was 8.45, it kicked off. And then and then at 12 o'clock Seattle time uh, was Eurovision, Eurovision. So those of you that are not uh, familiar with Eurovision from America, uh, don't worry about it too much, but it is on Peacock over here. Normally is on uh, the BBC in in England, but it's on Peacock at the moment. Um, and I've I've always watched it. UK normally in my lifetime do absolutely dreadful and get nowhere near. But today they came they came second behind Ukraine. So yeah, we've pretty much just spent the afternoon doing that, and then we're going to head out uh, later. But I've got I've got a couple of hours now, so I thought I would I would do this this podcast that I've been wanting to do this week. Um, okay, as is customary to the channel, uh, today's beer is from Trader Joe's, which is a supermarket in in America for those outside of America, but it's um, Peter's brand classics, a Dutch style pilsner, superior quality. Products of Germany, brewed and canned under the license of Union Expert Brewery Breeder Breeder in Holland. So yeah, that is that's what we're doing. Um, other than that, that's that's about that's about it. Um, really, I have got back into coaching. I sort of spoke about this recently. Um, after after I. I looked at it and I think it's 15 months, 15 months I've not coached soccer for. I needed needed a break. I was I was burnt out and needed to sort of distance myself from it. And then as I was leaving Houston, knew I wanted to get back into to coaching, but also knew I needed the, the, the right position. So yeah, that's for the past four weeks has been like a sort of transition getting back into that. And the season, the season's gonna be starting in June. So I've got a, a couple of weeks left. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. I feel like I've got the energy to to do it now. Um yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So, but that's what not that's not what the uh, episode is about. We're gonna be talking about uh, my time in, in at Manchester City, 
during around 2010. So sit back, relax, and yeah, if you've got a drink, cheers. Let's get on with it. All right, here we go. So it's coming towards the end of the the Premier League season at the moment. And Manchester City, managed by Pep Guardiola, have just signed Haaland, which is a massive, massive signing. Um, Great player, plays for Borussia Dortmund. And that he's going to be added to sort of a front line of, you know, Sterling and um, Kevin De Bruyne. Foden's going to be obviously in midfield and Fernandinho and all these like superstars, Um, which is interesting for those of you that remember Man City before they were the sort of the Man City of of today. So I I grew up in the 90s when obviously Manchester City uh, Manchester United were were dominating everything as a Liverpool fan and it was it was it was Manchester United just dominated and then Arsenal came in for a little bit and it was it was between Arsenal Manchester United um Chelsea, a little bit later, they got the money from Roman Abramovich, and and then obviously Mourinho came in, and that was around I can't remember around two thousand and four, two thousand and five. Liverpool got Rafa Benitez in, um, and it was it was a good sort of three way battle between Chelsea, Liverpool, and Manchester United, um, but. Fast forward to 2008, and then Manchester City got got bought, um, and then that was kind of the, the the start of 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 everything. Now I remember, I remember the sort of 2008, 2009. It was still pretty much the same Manchester City. Um, again, those that are not familiar, you can find all this information out uh, for yourselves. But Manchester City, like weren't always a premiership team they went went down into the lower leagues um so when 2008 happened it was similar to to the Newcastle situation at the moment where they've just been bought but at the time performance on the field they weren't they weren't great so it was hard to it was hard to imagine that they were they would sort of overthrow the the Manchester Uniteds and the Chelseas at the time but what was what was really interesting for me, and this sort of all happened um, by accident and in a in a strange, bizarre way. But I, I ended up going into Manchester City, and I've had to just have a look through um, the the sort of the Sean archives to find out the dates because um, it was a while ago. But it was around February 2011, I actually went into Manchester City. And again, this was all very sort of um, unplanned and, and random. And I'll quickly explain why why that was the case. Um, and it was brief. It was brief. I wasn't, I wasn't there for very long. But um, 
it was an inter- interesting sort of period of time and it was interesting to to see the club and that's what I wanted to to share today so just quickly um and I've mentioned this in previous episodes 2005 to 2008 I I got offered um to do some work experience at Manchester United which is right next door to Manchester City um whilst I was doing at university and it was like coach experience to be able to go in ask questions um shadow coaches and just be around that that level of coaching that was up until 2008 once i got my degree at the end the person who was sort of in charge of me said the best thing for me to do now would be to get experience at lower level clubs which which I did I, w- I went to Blackburn I went to Bolton and um, and Blackpool now during my time at Bolton Wanderers there was a, a player called Chung Young Lee who was a South Korean international player playing for Bolton in the Premier League now what they because of that link and I, I remember I was I was at home in, in Preston when, when this came through. I got an email asking if any of the coaches would be interested in, in going out to, to South Korea. And I, I didn't realize the sort of what that actually meant at the time, but I, I sort of I went for it and said, Yeah, I'd be interested. Um and ended up going going out to South Korea coaching. Um this was around 20, 2010. And then there was some like political stuff between North Korea and South Korea in 2010. And it was coming up to Christmas. So we're, we're into December, December 2010. And I, I decided to sort of pull the plug on that and come back to England. So I came back to England. But again, it was all very very sudden and i didn't have anywhere to work at the time uh but i had a friend i had a friend who was it was one of the scouts for manchester city with the older age groups and um he was he was a preston fan and sort of knew me from 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 the area and asked if i if i wanted to go and watch a game with him and it was up in carlisle which is like north just south of scotland uh, it's about an hour and a half trip, and again, I, I wasn't doing anything, so it was it was good for me to get out of the house, watch a bit of football or soccer, um, yeah, and just you know just have something to do really. Because again, I, I came back all of a sudden after um, after sort of just just shy of six months of being in South Korea, where I couldn't speak the language, and it was it was just a difficult time, so. We went, we went to the Carlisle game, and and I think we went to a couple more. I remember particularly going to uh, Wrexham. I remember arriving early, and we went to this bar, and I remember getting some gigantic chocolate cake for for some reason. It just sticks in my in my mind. Um, and then I was I can't remember what I was doing, but I was I was in the car. I was in the car on a Saturday night going somewhere. Um, and I got a phone call, and the phone call was if I would be willing to go to go to Liverpool to to look at a player. So Liverpool had a player from London coming in on 
on trial or tryout. Um, and Man City were interested in them. So what they wanted me to do at the time was not to be a scout as such, but they had they had like a like a, a viewer. So to become a scout, you had to go through a certain process, but they also had people who would go out and watch games. I later became became a scout because of because of this. So what they wanted me to do was go and watch this player, put a few words together, and then and then hand it in. And this was my sort of friend who had gone to the the Wrexham game and gone to the Carlisle game. Um, but my background. I had been at university and I had studied really hard sort of um, Andre Villaboas and Mourinho and a little bit of sort of Benitez. So the standard of my scouting dossier, the, the, the document I put together was, was quite like high level. I didn't realize at the time, I just thought it would be like sort of standard. So I watched the game put this document together, sent it in the the next morning. Um, very quick turnaround, less than 24 hours. And then and then I got a phone call saying um, that they were really impressed with the document and if I'd be interested in going into Platt Lane. So those of you that aren't familiar with Platt Lane, Platt Lane was like the the original Manchester City training ground before they had the money and built these unbelievable training ground, what they've got today. Um, they, they still use it, and it's it's right in the middle of like a very working-class Manchester housing estate, and it's it's just in, in the middle. You like you pull up, and there's um, a big blue gate. You go in, there's a car park straight ahead of you, and then there's one to the left. When you go towards the right, there's there's a building towards the right, which is like this. Um, not crazy big, but like a, an indoor, I would say like a 9v9 field. Next to that field is an outdoor field, 11v11. Um, and then to the left hand side is is the main the main building, the building that houses like the, the canteen and the, the changing rooms and everything like that. Um on the left hand side of the, the canteen building, the main building, there's an eleven V eleven field there, and behind the building is where they've got the like small sided five V five buildings. But in front of that building is a little bit of area for car parks. Um, car park, pretty small, mainly for uh, the coaches, that bit. Everybody else goes towards the right. So I I went I went in there and, again, like looking at it now, at the time I thought I was quite, you know, old and like mature. But looking back at it, I was very sort of young and, I, I don't know. I just sort of went into that environment, um, and I met I met two two of the guys who were in charge of two different sort of age groups, and yeah, they wanted me to sort of come on board as um, as a scout. Which at the time I was like, yeah, let's let's do it. 
coaching at that point had to take a bit of a sort of sidestep because um, it was it's a lot more challenging to get into places as as a coach. But they knew they knew I was a coach, and eventually I would do some some coaching for them. But at the time, it was it was scouting, and again, I didn't I didn't mind. I was I was able to get into the environments that I wanted to to be in. So I could be in the training grounds and I could be around them types of players, Um, which was good for me because you can, when you see see other coaches and you see the players and you see the level of professionalism, even though you might not necessarily be working at the level you're working at, you're still learning how to conduct yourself. So, yeah, I was I was sort of excited to to do that. Uh, also, on on the back of that, there was a, another company called Scout Seven. Scout Seven did a scouting like contract scouting contract work. So how that worked was, say, if a lower league team wanted a match covering an opposition match they would contact scout seven and scout seven would send one of the scouts out so i was kind of at the time doing manchester city and the scout seven work which was which was good it was ideal it was it was you know you're out of the house and and you're working you're in the right environments um but what was interesting at at the time was obviously all this new money had come in this new influx but it was very much the old man city but there was this sort of air of transition now i remember i can't remember who said it but it was it was sort of repeated throughout the club and and what they were saying about the the money at the time was they needed to sort of shortcut the next 10 years. They needed to fast forward the next 10 years. So they they were saying to us that the, the process would be to spend the money now, which would save them the 10 years of, say, development. So then, but they would bring in the big names with the aim of then once they've got the big names and they've they've boosted the the Premiership and Champions League and stuff like that, then they could bring in the youth players to to take over. If if that makes sense, I don't know if I explained that well. Um, so the aim was not necessarily like develop these players and slowly build themselves up as the Manchester City that you see today, but it was more like let's bring in the big names now and then let the youth players take over um and that that was that was 2011 that was that was the aim there so obviously now we are 10 years ahead so they were right in the fact that they uh, they said that they would be the the most dominant or one of the most dominant teams in in England and and certainly Europe which which I agree with uh player development wise I'm not a hundred percent sure. Obviously, like Foden and and players like that have have come through, but they are still heavily reliant on on signing players. So something, I believe, something has changed between 2011 and 2022 in terms of how how they saw the the, the next ten years. Um, 
but it's interesting. It's very interesting. It's interesting for me, um, like I said, being around that and to to see where they are now. Now I haven't been I haven't been anywhere near Manchester City since probably around 2014, 2013, 2014. Um, and also a lot of people that knew back then um, are from that sort of era. So yeah, I think I think it'd be it'd be interesting to now see what the what the goal is and and where the the hoping to 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 take things because I do I do think it's gone slightly more towards um relying on the 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 signing of players rather than the development side. So yeah, there you go. Um for I thought that could be something something interesting to to share and and again I think it's important to understand that even even back in you know 20, 2011 like man city man city's reach with players was was massive it was worldwide scouts worldwide um and it was they were heavily heavily focused on the development side of of players um so yeah, where where do they where do they go from now? Do they do they rely on the the Jack Grealish type players and the Harlan type players and De, De Bruyne, or do they do they develop their their own? And is that a sensible business model for for a team like Man City? And also, can you compete at the level that you need to compete? Um, and I, I honestly, I, I I don't I don't know, I don't know. So there you go. That is that's about it. That's about it. Uh, Saturday Saturday evening. Thought it'd be an interesting one. Manchester City back in twenty eleven, and it's it's crazy. It's crazy for me now. Sat here in twenty twenty two, thinking back at this because it it really doesn't seem that long ago. Um, Andy Cole's son was was playing. I remember that Andy Cole's son was playing. I know he, I know he was playing in the Championship. I think last time I saw him, um, Brian Gunn, the goalkeeper from the early Premiership years for Norwich, his his son was playing at the time. Um, and I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I had um, a scout report unfolding. I'm trying to find it at the moment. But if I do find it, I'll I'll let you know. All right. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a good weekend, and I will be back soon. Bye so bye.